about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why because we're, we're so doing smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. Where you place the criterion influences the kinds of mistakes you make. Do you have what are called misses or do you have false alarms? This is where the concept of the microaggression comes in. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Jack Anderson in for Rebecca McEnroy and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, signal detection, part two. When you label a particular behavior as being a negative behavior, it makes you vigilant for that behavior. You start really looking for it. And if that behavior is one that's actually somewhat ambiguous, then what you've done is to shift that criterion, which means that to some extent, you are gonna increase the number of false alarms that you have in which you saw an expression and thought that was aggressive when really it wasn't. And so you're gonna over-represent the number of times that you think somebody had it in for you when they really didn't. And that is a potential danger because it now means you're looking out for a set of behaviors that sometimes signal a problem, but don't always. And you're going to be doing it in a way where you're now beginning to believe that there are more people out there than may actually be out there who are acting aggressively towards you. And this can create a level of sensitivity to potential aggressions out there that may over-represent the problem. This idea of signal detection extends to many, many dimensions of human experience. I mean, not just auditory perception or picking up a radar blip or whatever it happens to be, right? When you're given a medical test, for example, for a particular disease, well, how much much of a signal do we have to have before we decide to act? Do we care more about having more false positives or false negatives? Because each of those suggests a different course of action. And likewise, when we're detecting what we might interpret as microaggressions, what are the consequences socially, personally, emotionally for a false positive versus a false negative? So as Art's saying, when we lower the criterion, that is when we become more sensitive to cues that are small and we start to interpret those as positive, as hits rather than remaining ambiguous, if they are indeed ambiguous, then we're likely to find more problems than there might actually be because we're sensitized to the idea of looking for those small signals. We really need to have a discussion about the costs and benefits of putting the criterion in a particular place. If you know something was an aggressive behavior towards you, it can be well worth pointing that out. However, if you continually call out several behaviors that weren't really meant aggressive, you may influence your credibility with people you're trying to call out. And more importantly, we have to ask what are the potential costs of calling people out for aggressive behavior. So there are certain things that are clearly inappropriate to do. Changing the way we talk about certain groups in public settings, which makes those groups feel more comfortable in public life, which then influences the way that people interact with people from those groups. I think that's a net benefit because right. there, the kinds of words that had been appropriate to use in the past that are no longer appropriate to use in public, those are words that would have shut people out of social situations. There's a question though, when someone is doing something that is actually kind of socially appropriate, which is largely to keep to themselves as much as possible the things that they are 
thinking and feeling in the hope of trying to make people feel as included as possible. Should we essentially call out thought crimes, which is often what happens with the interpretation of a microaggression, because one could make the argument that even when someone had a negative thought, they were doing a pretty good job of trying not to let it influence their social interaction. And for them to then be called out for it is to actually not give them credit for what may have been a positive action. So we have to ask, what is the cost to creating a term that increases your sensitivity to something that might actually have another interpretation? People who are sort of caught off guard at being called out of something like this often respond with a thought, well, that wasn't my intention at all. And yet that's an important thing to think about when we're talking about what we bring into the public discourse. If someone has some ideas, whatever those ideas might be, if they're socially acceptable or not, but keeps those ideas to herself or himself, but somehow something leaks out <laughs> through some facial expression or something, is it really productive for anyone to bring attention to that rather than letting it go? The answer to that question can sometimes be yes, it's yeah. worth pointing it out, particularly when it involves an assumption that is unwarranted, that was a part of the way a conversation plays out. Marie Antoinette, they have no bread, <laughs> let them eat cake. And that comment had an assumption underlying it about availability of sustenance that was probably not warranted. And I think in more subtle ways, one of the things that has become part of public discourse is a recognition that there are times when people say things or do things that make assumptions about others that may be unwarranted in ways that when you point it out, it allows people to think a little bit more broadly about some kind of social issues. In a circumstance where we're in a very diverse society and people grow up in many different circumstances. And it is true that to be in a situation where even somebody who doesn't experience those kinds of microaggressions sees as, what are you getting all exercised about? This is just a little thing. But you know, through a course of a day, if that stuff is all throughout your environment, that signal, even though it may be weak, the frequency of occurrences can be wearing. And I think make it more likely that somebody feels a need to call that out. By creating the term, we are calling attention to something which makes it more noticeable, which also increases the likelihood that we notice certain things that were probably meant benignly. And so that needs to factor into the calculus that someone makes about whether they want to seek out these microaggressions and allow them to influence their social interaction. Yeah. And I think there isn't really a right answer. In many ways, I think what we're trying to do is to say, here's a way of at least trying to make the decision about how you want to approach yeah. this. The idea that when you change the level of sensitivity and you lower it so you're more likely to pick up a signal, you're more likely to have false alarms or false positives, depending on what yeah. domain of endeavor you're talking about. Yeah. Next time, we'll talk about asymmetry, past and future, with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our engineers are David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and I co-produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas. Thank you.